Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into another edition of the JMU Sports News Podcast. I am Bennett Conlon, joined by Jack Fitzpatrick after a semi-long hiatus. Yeah, it felt longer than it did, and then I kept checking the uh, pot, Apple Podcast app where like I'm only really I use Spotify for my podcast so on Apple I'm really only subscribed to us because you know you got to bolster the numbers somehow um and it kept saying I think Marlon Eikenberry receives an extension was our last podcast which was like a month ago yeah so JMU has officially joined the Sun Belt since then they're in ESPN plus is coming our way thank god bye-bye flow sports very exciting there, but we took a little break because there was not a ton going on over the summer. We'll sort of roll into some stuff here. There might be one little break still in July, but I think August will be pretty, I think, pretty. Maybe we'll just go weekly from here on. I think maybe, yeah, probably. Cause I feel like football news will start like piling in. Um, I think there's just stuff we can talk about when it comes to football. Um, but it's important to say that our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find the latest odds, news, sports developments, including NBA Summer League, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news. UFC 277, I think, is coming up with like Nunez and Pena, something like that. And even next season's NFL futures, college football futures. Will JMU win the Sun Belt? That'll be on Bet Online. Will Iowa Hawkeyes win the Big Ten? Will USC and UCLA win the Big Ten in 2025? Those aren't on Bet Online yet, but they're coming. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up to, today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit of any size. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's promo code B L E A V BELIEVE. To get the bonus and get in on the action, bet online, Bennett. That's where the game starts. Hell yeah! But yeah, every week I think it's coming up, and uh, I think we kind of had to, or at least I had to, drum up a little fake storylines to to get us into this one. I was, I just miss talking to you, dude. Yeah, you know we've it's been a long time since we've seen each here. other in person since the last yeah. time we recorded. We have, but we have not recorded during that time. So yeah, you got some stuff going on Twitter, which we'll talk about later. We got some Jamie football talk. And then next week, I think we'll have a decent portion set aside for uh, TBT, the basketball tournament. We'll have someone on or multiple people, some guests to talk about the founding fathers coming back for another, another run. I think that tournament actually starts like this upcoming weekend. But the West Virginia Regional is one of the later ones, and they don't start until the 24th of July. So we've got some time before JMU's team plays. And I don't think people care about like the broad tournament. I know I don't. Coverage. <laughs> I will so, watch yeah. the Founding Fathers until they right. lose or win it all. Yeah. So I think that's where most JMU fans fall if they're paying attention to it. So uh, we will talk about that next week. Yes. Um, I'm really excited to get my Founding Fathers hat and Founding Fathers shirt. It's a little dribbling Jam- Jimmy a dribbling jimmy madison so i don't know where you can buy it i stumbled upon the google form to to purchase um probably on their website or something like that or um somewhere but we'll just dig that up yeah because that's that's worth that that was worth the money but 
I think all that aside, do you want to jump into football first? Or uh, we did we did get a question from Twitter too. So we did get a question. I think it's a basketball question. It is. So let's hit we'll hit football first. We'll get a quick basketball update and then we'll we'll do our, our final little discussion. Football wise, not a ton, right? Because they haven't started camp. That's it'll start in August. Uh, but running back AJ Davis, I believe, mm-hmm. a pit transfer has transferred. He's in back in the portal. So he didn't play a game for JMU, but I know he was someone people had kind of mentioned um, as a legitimate potential contributor in the backfield. I wonder how much of that was sort of the same as, um, you know, the, the uh, receiver position with white, the Boston college transfer um, where people were like, Oh, he'll probably fit in. And then it turned out like with people uh, close to the program saying he probably wasn't going to get any playing time. I think it might've been a similar situation here. But I think it kind of speaks to the depth a little bit of, of Jamie's roster. Yeah, 100%. I'm trying to find – I don't even think he really got much run in the spring game either. I could be wrong on that. But um, there's not a lot of mention of him in the news um, recently. But, yeah, I think it goes to show the running back depth because I think they have three strong starters in Percy, Latrell, and – Kalon Black. Kalon Black. Those are probably your three. And then Van Horse, you can use at running back or well, at you, least line him up a receiver. You keep saying this every year. I think every year since Solomon Van Horse's first year, like, why don't they use him as a slot receiver scat back type? Every year, he's just the fourth string. And then whenever he gets his chance, he like goes off for 75 yards on five touches. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't all that productive as a rusher last year. Um, he's a return he, man now, though. He, they used him a little bit in the passing game, and he was pretty good. So he had 33 catches for 338 yards and five touchdowns last year, which is pretty solid. So they got him a little bit more, but it does feel like someone, when he touches it, he makes a lot of big plays. So just again, Kurt Zignetti, <laughs> if you're listening, get please, please get him the ball any way possible. But yeah, they've got a ton of depth, even without um, without Davis. So I don't think running backs a concern at all. Even though last year they had like nine running back injuries, I still think. You know, if you lose four running backs, it's probably going to hurt your team with injuries if that happens. So, you know, regardless of who you are, but depth at running back is pretty good. Um, I don't know. I feel good about the, the offense for the most part. Yeah, the offense isn't what I'm worried about. I'm kind of excited to watch Todd Santeo like ball. I think he'll be a really good quarterback for this team. I think coming from Colorado state, he knows what this level of football is like coming from the mountain West. It's kind of a step down to come to the Sun Belt, kind of more of a lateral movement. Um, it feels like you're smiling, trying to hold back a smile. Did I, did I say something wrong? No, I was just thinking about something that I'll mention in a second. That was making me giggle. <laughs> okay. Okay. I feel like Todd will be really good. Yeah. Um, the running backs. I'm not worried about after what happened with Kobe white. I'm not worried about the wide receivers much because if a Boston college transfer who it seemed like the whole coaching staff was really ecstatic to get in through the portal and he couldn't even break it. I'm excited about the wide receivers. I'm excited about the offensive line, a bunch of 300 pound, like behemoths on that line that for the most part had a lot of run last year. And I think they'll grow as, as one unit and be better this season. The defense though, I'm really worried about, but um, I guess we can talk about that after you bring up what just made you giggle. It was just the, I forget the exact name of the Twitter account. It's like either James Madison sport updates or JMU news updates or something, but it's like a, a new Twitter account and they've been doing a thread, although I don't think it's in a thread 
um, but like a list of potential starters at positions. And it just reminded me of how much like uncertainty there is with positions. Like I know they have good running backs. I think Santeo is going to start a quarterback offensive line. They have some good players and a lot of returning starters, but there's definitely like spots where different guys could be, whether it's the lead running back or the top receiver or whatever, there's a lot of uncertainty. So they posted one was today or yesterday, I think with linebackers and they're like, you know, we see, uh, I forget who it was. It was like Taurus Jones and, um, and Jalen Walker are like our, you know, projected starters or something. And then they're like, but we wouldn't be surprised if these other five guys play. And it, <laughs> it was just cracking me up. Cause it's like, well, yeah, like camp hasn't started. So like when you're projecting starters at this point, it feels more open than like some previous seasons where it was like, Oh, JMU has these guys slotted in. I don't think that's quite the same this year. I think like even quarterback, there's still some uncertainty. I don't really think there is that much. Cause I think it'll be Santeo, but like running back Percy's probably the guy, but he's also been banged up at times. Like I wouldn't be surprised if they're at week two or week three. And if Kalen Black's the hot hand or Palmer is having a great stretch, like they could become sort of more of the feature back or the top guy. And like receiver, I think there's a, a lot of questions. Obviously, Chris Thornton's the one like known commodity, but I think everything else is kind of up in the air a little at a lot of positions. So I think that's kind of interesting. I think it's going to be one of the more interesting fall camps in a while, especially given the increased, maybe not importance of games because it's it's their first year in the Sun Belt, but I guess the increased stage that they're playing on where I feel like every, every game the next few years will be a little more magnified in the regular season. I'm really excited to see the amount of ores on the depth chart. Yeah. Like on the 2D, I feel like week one, I'm expecting it to say Todd Santeo or Alonza Barnett or Billy Atkins. <laughs> and then I'm expecting the running backs to be Percy or Latrell or Elon Black. Elon Black. <laughs> I keep forgetting. But I just looked at the running backs. Like it is three guys. It's three guys and, and that's it. But then you also have, Sammy Malignyagi, Kalen Jean, Wayne Knight, Peyton Rutherford, Solomon Van Horse, and Anthony Eaton. I'm really excited to see which one randomly like makes a name for themselves. Like, <laughs> kind of like Kalon Black did last year, like out of nowhere, four guys go down. Um, I just hope Percy stays healthy the whole year. But like you said, there's just so many question marks, but not in a negative way, especially on the offense. Maybe in a negative way on the defense, though. Do you want to break down kind of what's expected? I think the defensive line will probably be all right. The linebackers, I mean, you have still Mateo Jackson, Seth Nadala, and those guys. I think the secondary really worries me, especially going up against Sunbelt competition that isn't CAA. The best quarterback Jamie's faced in the last five years is Davis Cheek. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Outside, you mean in, in, league conf play? in conference play? Sorry, in conference, he's, he's play, probably up there. I would argue the best. Maybe you could make, you maybe, could make an um, argument that old Richmond quarterback, Laletta. Was Laletta. he last? Was he within the last five years? Yeah, I yeah. guess he would be. <laughs> yeah, in conference play, they've had some pretty crappy quarterbacks. That's fair. That's fair. All right, sorry, excuse me, Jeff Undercuffler. They never got to play the Undercuffler. But he, he would have been the guy. <laughs> he would have been the guy, man. Nothing can slow him down except COVID, maybe. Um, but no, for like linebackers. They've got really young players. Like everyone's talking up Jalen Walker and, and Taurus Jones and what they can do. There's like potential there, but I don't know. Uh, defensive line's the funniest when people are like, here's who I think is going to start in the defensive line. And it's like, I mean, I don't know how you would have any idea at this point who's going to start in the defensive line. Like, I, think, I think every week it'll be a different set. Like 
I think all of these guys won't break a lot of snaps played because they'll just be rotating them in and out. Yeah, they have a lot of defensive linemen who are very good. I think it'll be super competitive for, you know, starting. But I also feel like it's one that, it, it like you're saying, it might not matter who, like, starts the game because they're all, you know, you've got a group of six to eight or whatever who are going to get a ton of snaps. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. Cornerback's probably the one spot that's really confusing because they've got transfers from some decent schools, right? They have the two young guys, the the one from NC State and the one from Michigan State. Yep. So, like, good players there but with mccormick transferring i mean there's just not a lot of experience in that room at all <laughs> jmu experience like there's a redshirt senior in that room a transfer from maine the michigan state guys a redshirt freshman so yeah not a lot of experience and you have a freshman a freshman redshirt junior from norfolk state and Devin coles then you have a redshirt sophomore redshirt freshman redshirt sophomore redshirt freshman freshman that's your cornerback room. Super young. So I wonder. No what... one's a returner. Well, if like, they had Swan, the oh, main guy, right. he was there, but they used him mostly at like kick returner yeah. or punt returner, right? <laughs> well, I guess they didn't even really use him because they were. Um, who's the guy Signetti loves it? Oh, um... <laughs> what's his name? Know. What's his know. name? Is he still on the roster? Mr. Fair yeah. Catch. We just called him Mr. Fair Catch. I don't think he's on the Sam Kidd. No, Sam Kidd's a really good special teamer, and I think he can actually get <laughs> reps at safety. Um, I'll look it up. But I'm yeah, they kind of. I'll, I'll find it for you. I'm scrolling through the okay. roster now. Well, I don't think he's on this year's. You know, last year's. Yeah, I'm looking at last year's. It was who was it? You, you keep talking your point. I'll <laughs> I'll find it for you. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, it's driving me crazy now. Um. But I think like at safety, they've got some stuff. I would just say the corners, corners are probably the biggest question at this point. But I'm excited for camp because I do think there are a lot of positions that are up in the air in terms of who's going to play, which makes for some exciting competition. And the season kind of makes for an exciting year because if they can get by Middle Tennessee, then you've got Norfolk State in a bye week. So you could go toward the end of September with some exciting hope. Jack Swarba. Yes, that's what it was. Yes. So I don't know what they'll do it. Like the return spots, Van Horse will probably have a, a role in um, on kick return. But then what are you doing with kicker, right? You lose Ethan Ratke, Harry O'Kelly's gone. I know they added an Australian transfer punter, but a lot of questions at the position. So I think I'm excited for the next like month where we can just read about camp battles in the DNR. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. Is Jamari Current still on the roster? Oh, man. That's a great question. This is some fantastic. I feel like I saw him there. Did I not? Maybe he's not. He's not on the roster. Huh. I don't remember that being. He retweeted something about a recruit on July 4th. His profile picture on Twitter is still him in a JMU jersey. Hmm. Um, I some good detective work. Well, I just noticed that like, because when I was scrolling through the 2020. Yeah, he was run, one that used to be. Uh, but then when I just went through all the corners, he was not there. And when I search his name, he is not coming up. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. Let's figure that one out. We'll uh, keep it locked to Jamie Sports News on. We're so interesting. Yeah. 
All right. So that's all that that's our breakdown of football for right now. I don't think there's, I'm just really excited for camp to start. I'm excited for the speculation to, to ramp up. I'm excited to figure out, you know, where Jamari currents is all of that great stuff. Cause yeah, I did. I'm so interested. Um, do you want to talk about football? I mean, basketball. Yeah. Talk about basketball. We got you, some, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the question is, do you think there's a chance they go dancing? Men's basketball goes dance. Oh, first, let's do the women's basketball news that came out today. Kayla Cooper Williams is officially an assistant coach. Yeah, I think he had talked about or had talked about making that move. But it's kind of cool because now you've got uh, Neil. I think it's Harrow or whatever the, the new assistant. I think he came from Troy with a ton of really good experience, great recruiting background. But then you've also got Lexi Barrier and Kayla Cooper Williams, who were yep very recent players, which is kind of cool because you've got a lot of JMU connections there. Um, they'll learn the ropes from a couple of experienced coaches. Cool to have them on staff. So I think that's, that's super exciting. And on the men's basketball side, someone asked, do you think there's a chance they go dancing? And I'll keep my answer quick so we can head to our next segment. Yes. I would agree that there's a chance they go <laughs> dancing. I do want to ask you, Okay. I was reading some some reports, the DNR, the Breeze, some others. There's a lot of talk about how they're going to play super fast. They're super athletic, yeah. but they they have some more size. Yep. Is this just some July storylines, or yeah. are you buying that they've got a little more no. a little more oomph than last year? Nope. You're um, not buying it. You're. I'm not buying it at all. I'm not buying in. in, in get it? I'm not buying into it. I'm yeah, not that's buying, pretty good. Buying. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think. I mean, clearly, if you look at the roster, there's 100% more size on this roster than there was last year. Um, do I think they're going to play more up-tempo? I mean, they already played up-tempo. They're one of the fastest tempos. So, like, I don't think that'll change much. I just think they might have a little bit more size, which kind of worries me that they're going to play inside a lot, like a lot of paint shots, getting a lot of interior looks. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily the way you want to play with an up-tempo offense. But that's just me. That's that's my own coaching perspective that I employ on 2K. I think it's just a lot of talk right now. And until what, November comes, I'm not really going to believe much of anything. It's a long I'm, way away. Not even November. I'm not going to believe much of anything until Sunbelt play starts. Because if you look at non-con JMU to con JMU last season, two vastly different teams. Yeah, and now that they're in the... Sunbelt, which they released the, the Sunbelt schedule. Very exciting. I can tell uh, in your voice. Yeah, the conference schedule. So that's something to keep an eye on if you're interested. It starts in late December, goes through February. But I mean, like, I don't know, like the non-conference doesn't matter as much because they're not going to get an at-large bid. So obviously you want to play well in the non-conference, but they're playing like North Carolina and UVA on the road. Like those are yeah. probably losses. So it'll, it'll be fun when it gets here. It's so early, though. And like, what's Byington going to say that they're like smaller than they were last year and less athletic and they're going to play slow yeah. now because they have a bunch of scrubs. Like, it makes sense. It's like a story that people have to write and that he has to kind of say those things. But there's a lot of talk about like, they just look so much larger. And it's like they added one six, eight guy in the transfer portal who I think could be a good addition, but um, they're not like some huge team. They don't have anybody at six, nine, except for they have one, I guess the freshman Jarrell Roberson. We'll see how much he's able to, um, play I thought Byington's comments on him were interesting a little confusing where he was like I didn't even realize how big he was 
which I don't know what that means, Jack. Totally, like he didn't know it's... he was six nine. Or... <laughs> yeah, that comment was just weird. Probably, uh, probably has fixed his comments since then. I just think it's all like a little weird. I, I guess, granted, because the team was so small last year, where at times the tallest guy on the court was like six six. So any type of height addition makes them look bigger. But I don't. I just they still they're not maybe their average height went up, you know, maybe their average height went up, but their tallest guy is still short. Like if you're playing a six, eight center, that's not good. I think it can work like in the Sun Belt, but I think it definitely puts a little limitation on them. The other thing that's worth noting, which we talked about before is like, they're kind of small and it's like not guaranteed that they have a lot of like knockdown shooters. <laughs> they may, they might have one. So, so <laughs> I don't know. I'm interested <laughs> to see how it all works. The size thing is interesting to me with yeah. um, the other thing too, is like last year, like athleticism <laughs> on the wing and stuff was not the issue, Jack. That wasn't like <laughs> a concern. They were getting bodied in the post and they couldn't defend two point shots. So you running a really fast offense does not tell me you're going to be good at defending in the paint, which is literally the only thing that, I mean, they were like worse in the country at that. And what did so they gonna- do this? what they do this transfer portal season? They've added not a little address bit. that, not address I think, that. I think the offer them could help that. So, I mean, I think there's a chance they get better there, but it's like, does one transfer addition and then a new freshman take you from like 353rd in two point field goal <laughs> defense to like top 200? Probably not. So like everyone you have on the roster has to get better at, like, that's more what I'm interested in than like, we're going to play a fast offense. Like, yeah, you were like 35th in average offensive possession length last season. Like you, you already play a fast off. We know that. And offensively, like you said, they don't have a true knockdown shooter. They lost their one knockdown shooter and replaced him with a knockdown shooter. So like yeah. you're at zero there. You haven't gained one. You're not negative. You're not positive. You're the same amount of knockdown shooters. You have Morse, who's a good shooter, but I mean, Mm -hmm. if he's cold one night, you've just went 0 for 20, and that's looking bad on the stat sheet. And then outside of that, you have a bunch of guys who can drive into the lane and and, and hit twos. But yeah, offensively, the tempo, the offense, offensive efficiency was never the issue. It's the fact that they just couldn't defend to save it. If they weren't getting a turnover, it was a guaranteed at least 1.5 points per (laughs) possession. They were really, really good in the league offensively. And they, they were, one were like of the best. one of the worst, if not the worst defense during conference play. So it's, I mean, it's like an equally challenging conference that um, the CAA was. So yeah. I think they'll be fine and they'll hang in there and they'll be good. But I, yeah, I was getting a kick out of the idea that now there's some like massive team with unbelievable length because they have Roberson who might not if, play. I think it'd probably be a good sign if he doesn't play, to be honest with you. Yeah. Cause you have so many guys who have played a lot and have that size. If you have a six, nine freshman coming in who spends a few months on campus is better than like fifth year seniors at the same position. Either he's a stud freshman or like <laughs> we've got some problems. So I don't know. I think it'll be exciting. They can definitely win the Sun Belt, like you said, but I, I still have my, I still have my doubts this year. Cause I think they, the expectations should raise for them. 100%. Now, this this is something I had to drum up on Twitter myself um, because I was just interested and I wanted to share my own opinion and get and I, I wanted to get um, pooped on by JMU fans who 
I don't know. I felt like my little disclaimer at the end of my tweet was enough to, to, to bar me from any backlash, but that was wrong. Top five greatest James Madison university athletes. We had a lot of people mentioned, uh, Don Evans. Yep. I almost said Don Staley. Probably shouldn't have admitted that on the podcast. <laughs> Wrong person. We had a lot of people uh, mention. Um, let me see who else. Who, who else was mentioned a lot? Charles Haley was probably mentioned a few times. Sherman Dillard. I really like the inclusion of CJ Sapong. He's, I think, the only JMU men's soccer player to go play professionally. Um, there's mentions of Megan Good, Odyssey. Um, that someone in, included Khalid Abdullah, kind of laughable, but it, it was <laughs> it was also worth bringing up. <laughs> you okay? I just didn't expect you to start roasting people because you got absolutely you got bodied in the comments of yours. Okay, let's let's share our top fives. Mine are in no. Do you want to start first, or you want me to give my? my you can go because yours is. I mean, just comical. <laughs> um so this is in no particular order this is just how they came to mind i like the little over the ear airpod action i do over the ear um vad lee charles haley odyssey alexander kamaya smalls megan good <laughs> i just want to call it a duel out of the list <laughs> <laughs> which which one do you have a problem with Vadley. really he was he was like an exceptional player, so I I feel it. I just have a hard time putting him in there because he accomplished nothing. I don't mean that. <laughs> well, I don't only mean that had like a year and a half. I, was, I think yeah, he, might, he might actually be different if they had a defense. Yeah, and I don't mean that in a rude way. Like Vad Lee, he put up unreal numbers. He put up video game numbers, like time and time again. I I don't mean that he didn't accomplish anything like like that. His teams never won. Like a championship national title. Yeah. His team's never won a playoff game, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's right. So it would like, also, it could be different um, if he was there for four years and then like yeah. four years of stats would probably be very different. So that's, that's fair. I just, he just, I think he was pivotal in taking this JMU program to where it is today. And maybe I'm, maybe I'm stuck in recency bias and I'm forgetting about, you know, Riscotti or yeah. Lander, like, any of the old QB grade, not old QB grades, but like the early 2000s QB grades. Maybe I'm forgetting about them. I also didn't include Brian Shore, who won a national championship. Ben DiNucci, who got us to a national championship. Just, just what Vad Lee meant to the program for that year and a half, the impact he had, and what happened after he left, I would argue, even Everett Withers, if JMU fans hate him, what those two did to build the foundation of this program to where it is now to then what Mike Houston inherited to what Kurt Signetti's now inherited. Like he was instrumental in that. That's fair. No argument there. Okay. Do you have any other problems on people had a problem with Kamaya? Kamaya is not, I don't think Kamaya is a top five Jamie Hopkins of all time. I think she's an exceptionally good. I think for me, it's like badly has the argument for like top five. You can maybe do Jamie football player, definitely Jamie quarterback. And then I think Kamaya is probably a top five Jamie women's basketball player, but I don't know that she's won in the sport. So that makes it yeah. hard for me to have her be in my top five. 100% valid. I think Precious Hall's up there, Jasmine Guathme, Nikki Newman, Kirby Burkholder, Don Evans. Like you Tamara could argue. Young. To, yeah, probably 
the best, if not the best. And then even like throwbacks to like the eighties, seventies, like the old school women's basketball players, the I'm old heads. Yeah. The old heads. I'm, I'm missing a lot when it comes to Kamaya. And yeah. that, my, that was, that was my own recency bias, like working. Like we, <laughs> we went to JMU. Like that was the player I watched every year while I was at JMU was just a dog and was just electric to watch stats don't stack up kind of an eye test type of thing, but, and, and again, kind of like that didn't win anything. Yeah. I can't stop laughing at the, uh, the Khalid Abdullah. <laughs> That's like including Marcus Marshall. <laughs> Top five app. <laughs> what? <laughs> he had some really good seats. <laughs> like a crazy addition. <laughs> to see him on there multiple times. You know who I would, you know who I would add? I'd add AJ Davis and Kobe White. <laughs> Gunnar Holmberg for me. I mean, what he did with the program was unbelievable. For his day when he said he was going to commit and then didn't have grades, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> um, who's your, and then I have Odyssey Charles. Charles Haley, I feel like you can't argue with. I feel like He's, no matter yeah, like, what, yeah. a five time Super Bowl champion, a Hall of Famer, and arguably the best defensive lineman to ever play at JMU, should probably get on anyone's list. Yeah. We had some, uh, some inclusions of some track athletes somebody responded with. I think they're literally a track coach. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little biased, but um, a couple interesting ones on there. I thought was cool when you go down the list. So I'll, I'll give mine. As far as looking at another one. Yeah, there's some interesting, interesting <laughs> suggestions on here for sure. But um. Well, actually, a lot of badly inclusions on here. That's got to be biased from CEU. But um, so I've got I got Billy Sample, maybe the best Jamie baseball player ever. Played in the majors. Some pretty impressive stats during his time with the Dukes. Got Charles thought, Haley. When you talked about Billy Sample earlier, when we were brainstorming this, I thought you were joking about including him. No, he's got to be on there. Okay. Finished his career with a 388 batting average, all American honors in 1976 with a 421 batting average. Jesus. He stole 42 bases in a, in a major league season. He's good. Third in career batting average, just a really good player and had a successful major league career. So I feel like he's, he's, he's worthy of a potential okay. inclusion at the very least. There's some other good ones. Charles Haley's one that I think everybody pretty much has. So I'll put him on. Uh, I got Adam Wheatcroft, Jack. Yeah. A lot of people didn't have Adam Wheatcroft, which had me a little bit uh, confused. Adam Wheatcroft. Archery. Archery um, tragically passed away in 2003. I think it was in 2003. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. He was only... I think he was only like 21 around then. It was like right around his college career, mm-hmm. but he was just insanely good. He had two individual national titles with JMU. Um, he had three individual gold medals and in, in world team championships. I think he was, um, I can't remember if he actually had Olympic medals or if he had, um, wasn't able to, to get there a three gold medal world team, but regardless, think, he was, yeah. One I don't of think the he won best. Olympic gold medals. Yeah. I don't think, I think he passed away before he was able to compete, but he was considered like one of the best, um, you know, archers in the world with a really bright future ahead of him. 
So, um, yeah, I know that was, that was one that I hadn't really heard about him before. And then we did that story on our website of the, I think we did the 16 best JMU athletes. We did. And he, he popped up and the research was pretty sad to, to read, honestly, because he was someone who he died of brain cancer and he was someone who was going to have an unbelievable, did have an unbelievable, would have had an even more decorated athletic career. So he's one that I think is an interesting one to potentially include. And I've got him on my list. Another one that I'm going to pronounce wrong. It's Carol. I don't know if it's that or fate. Okay. I was pronouncing it that. That, that would make sense. But I'm also the pinnacle of mispronouncing. Anywhere. But um, she was an elite field hockey, hockey player. player. Her stats are pretty hilarious, like compared to, to other JMU athletes. Do you, do you want to know her? Do you have the stats in front of you? Because I have it right in front of me. Go ahead. Carol Thatt played field hockey from 90. The stats say 93 to 95. Played in 100. Scored. 116 goals next closest sandy wilson who played in the mid 80s 64 nearly doubled second place in terms of goals scored just unbelievable i think she had she had something crazy she's almost in the top like 15 in program history with game-winning goals i think like 31 of her goals were (laughs) were game-winning or something like that that's insane. She was part of the 94 champion national championship squad. She was part of the 95 semifinal squad. Um, part of Christy Morgan's beginning of Christy Morgan's career, coach career at JMU. Carol Thad is a fantastic addition. And a few people included her in the replies. So she's a good one. But then the other two that I have, so I had Weecroft and then uh, I did Dawn Evans. Yeah, I know. Really impressive stats. I said that so dismissively on the women's basketball side. And then I've got Megan Good over Odyssey Alexander, which I think is a an interesting conversation. Yeah, let's have that conversation. I think I included both of them. Okay. Um, but I think if I had to exclude one, it would be Odyssey. So I'm 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 in agreement with you. Do you want to explain your reasoning behind why Megan got the nod over Odyssey? Yeah, Megan was like an elite level, like one of probably the top 50 or so players in the country, like from her freshman year, I felt all the way through. So I thought her longevity, her consistency to me makes her better. I think like more consistently, she was probably the better hitter. Um, You can make a case. I think what's not even really a hard one to make that she was a better pitcher. I think where it kind of gets lost is that the teams came a little short. So she was on some, some good teams, but was kind of carrying them to a certain extent. Um, and they, you know, were really successful, almost made the Women's College World Series, came like a swing away her freshman year. And then they had some other postseason appearances or a pretty good team, had some really tough seating draws where they kind of got screwed a little bit. But like, if they make the College World Series, I think she might be... Um, you know, sort of going on the national stage before Odyssey and, and getting all that recognition. Odyssey's like women's college world series and just entire postseason when they made the the run to Oklahoma city was probably the best postseason or stretch of games of like any Jamie athlete ever. Yeah. So I think that's why people stick her in because she did that on ESPN and was just like nationally known. But if you look at the entire career, I think Megan good, kind of you know blows her out of the water in certain statistical categories 
some of that is just due to like longevity and playing in more games and staying a little bit healthier. Um, but I think the stats are, are there too. Yeah. I think statistically Megan good is the better pitcher is the better batter is the better overall player. I don't think Odyssey was ever a top three best player in the nation. I believe Megan good finished as, as a finalist for that award. Um, but yeah, Odyssey had the best, the best run of game string of elite performances that no JMU athlete has ever done. And I don't think we'll ever do again. Pitched over a thousand pitches, won countless games, beat Oklahoma, um, which since that loss has only lost like two other times. So Odyssey's run is the greatest in JMU history. Is she overall the best player? And this is when it gets really tough and you get into like the minutia of it all when you're breaking down like the top five greatest players. Do you mean top five greatest entire careers? Do you mean top five greatest impacts on the program? And I think each, I think every single one we kind of broke down, it was a little bit of a back and forth of like Bad Lee's yeah. impact, Charles Haley's career after JMU. I think with Odyssey, it comes down to a fantastic string of games that put JMU on the map or impact on the program. But if we're talking about full careers, it's making good. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her stats are pretty unbelievable. She pitched 843 innings and had an ERA of 1.03. That's in, utterly insane. Utterly yes. otherworldly. So consistent her entire career and then had a bunch of really good hitting stats where it's like her and Kate Gordon near the top of some, some stats to have like not quite the hitting career that Kate Gordon had, but similar hitting ability with being like one of the best pitchers in the nation is insane. So obviously Odyssey and, and Megan, I think are two, if you include either of them, it's, it's no issue with me, but I think Megan probably had the better, better career. And then if you're looking football, I think some of the reason I laugh is because Warren Marshall had such a good career Yeah, um, with really impressive rushing stats. So if you're looking at a running back, I feel like he's probably, uh, more worthy of the inclusion than than uh, Khalid Abdullah, who was very good. I just don't think he's a top five Jamie athlete. I don't think he's a top five Jamie football player. They've had some really good ones. It's kind of a hard list to break into. But like, there's also Gary Clark. You could mention for his career with Washington after JMU, even his career at JMU, he was a dog. Even Scott Norwood, like yeah, <laughs> a great NFL kicker that got mm -hmm. his start at JMU. Um, yeah. Any other honorable mentions from other sports, from football, anything like that? We didn't even mention a Jamie men's basketball player. That's an interesting one. I think you got to go back farther to grab some of those. I'm trying to think of who they always, Steve Hood's one that always gets mentioned. Um, so it's a really good basketball player. So yeah, it's a, it's a good one, but it's fun to certainly fun to, to debate it. Um, there's a lot of picks. Top five is obviously not a very long list. Nope. So it's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I think it's a fun discussion, especially in the off season. I know we've had it somewhat before, but it was a, a good one to, to dust off. Yeah. I also want to just say again, I love the addition of CJ Sapong. He was included in our 16 best athletes, but kind of like a lot of other lesser known sports, it feels like the soccers don't get a lot of love. Yeah. I was a little sad not to see Kristen Godian or. Yeah. I think she might've gotten a mention or two. She'd, okay. Or at least she did. It. We included her on our 16 and there were yeah. some good comments for her then. I just didn't, I don't think I saw any lacrosse players mentioned from uh, in that, in that thread, but. Yeah. Dan Runland was one people keep. 
Who? Mentioning, I don't know who the hell Dan Ruland is. <laughs> Neither do I. Or, or Darren, Dan Ruland. I he play college basketball at JMU. Huh. Sure. I'll believe it. But, yep. Interesting. Anything else you got to add? Not too much. Not too much. Looking forward to the next few weeks. We'll do TBT talk. Yep. Next week. And hopefully with uh, a few players. Yeah. And if you have, if anyone has suggestions for stuff they'd like us to cover or write about, was looking for some suggestions on Twitter. I think we'll try to, we'll do some football stuff for sure. We'll probably also have a, um, I would think uh, whether we do it joint or, or whatever, a week by week schedule prediction at some point in August, probably for football yep. could even do that for other sports. I think one that I will do that I think could be interesting is looking sport by sport in the fall and giving them on a one to 10 scale, sort of their chances of contending for a Sunbelt title in year one. I think could be an interesting one. So may look into that. I think there'll be a lot of, I think we'll have like a football mega preview coming at some point in August to bring on maybe chase, maybe, a mm-hmm. few beat reporters from the DNR, somewhere along the lines. I think we'll have like a two hour mega football preview, um, which will be yeah. a lot of fun. I, last year, I was looking back at our podcast. We did two one hour ones and there was like, but like a week apart. Maybe this year we just make it one huge one. One mega one sounds pretty cool with a bunch of guests. I would be down for that. Awesome. So yeah, as we get back into the swing of learning how to podcast after about a month hiatus, We're getting back into the swing of things coming at you hopefully every week with football news, basketball, probably not basketball news, mostly football news and maybe random storylines that we see that ESPN starts sliding us some more and uh, we'll have to take up arms against them. (laughs) For Bennett Conlin, my name is Jack Fitzpatrick. Have a wonderful rest of your day. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.